0: When I board an airplane, this is how I introduce myself to my seatmate. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a fearful flyer. I will pay you $20 to talk me through takeoff and landing, or, or I will pay you $100 to hit me in the head so hard, you knock me out for this entire flight. Usually they laugh, it breaks the ice, and they're less concerned when they see me crying in about 10 minutes. And it goes, OK. So I'm extremely afraid to fly, terrified. I mean, I've never actually caused a plane to make an emergency landing, but I have been comforted by hundreds of strangers unfortunate enough to sit next to me. I have been walked up and down the aisles of airplanes to calm me down by a flight attendant because it was making a turn. It was very scary. And one time, on a Catholic school trip on the way to Washington, D.C., they actually ejected me from my seat, wrapped me in a blanket, strapped me down to three empty seats in the back of the plane to get me to stop screaming that the plane was crashing. It doesn't work so well. (laughs) So I know what you guys are thinking. You probably go, wow, this lady in Alaska does not travel very much. But actually, despite my fear and much to the chagrin of anyone who's ever traveled with me, I have been all over the world. And in all my travels, my three favorite flights in order of unconsciousness are as follows. Number three, the time I flew with Sean Connery a few seats behind me. You really can't be that scared when he's completely sexy and talking with that accent. And I was conscious, of course, the whole time. Uh, number two, the time Qantas accidentally gave me food poisoning. Because, I know, you think it sounds bad, but because you can't be that scared when seven hours are spent vomiting profusely, you just can't be scared. It's true. Okay, number one, number one favorite flight ever, the time I accidentally combined, first and only time, combined liquor and sleeping pills. It was great, the hallucinations were wonderful, and when I boarded the plane, I passed out immediately and woke up in Seattle. Best flight ever, I don't remember it, I love it. (laughs) So the origin of my fear comes from this perfect trifecta of phobias. First of all, I have claustrophobia, fear of enclosed spaces. All right, I've got aviophobia, fear of flying. I also have fanatophobia, the fear of death. Yeah, I know, okay, you're all afraid of dying, I get it. But I'm diagnosed with a fear of flying. Swear to God, it's so bad I had an existential crisis at the age of four, worrying about what was my purpose in life, because in a few generations, my entire existence would be wiped off the planet. Four. Yeah. Okay, and then I was so afraid of dying, they actually removed me from the Catholic school class when we were doing our death and dying section in religion class. They didn't let me do it, because I was too much of a mess. That's how afraid I am of dying. Yeah, it's not fun. So... I have tried everything you can think of to get over my fear of flying. I mean, hundreds of hours of therapy and therapists. I mean, I've tried everybody you can think of. I mean, I've done all kinds of meetings with aviation scientists. I've met with Boeing engineers to understand the physics of flying. Why the heck is it not always falling out of the sky? I mean, they explain this to me. I have rituals and superstitions that get me on the plane all the time. I think, well, babies are on the plane. No one's gonna kill a baby right? I used to board early. You know how they let people board early? Yeah, that was me. And I was there crying as I would enter in and I wanted to make sure the pilots were there. They weren't robots. They were awake and they're not drunk. So that helped. So that got me onto a lot of flights. It did really well. So um, um, I'm a botanist by trade, a very grounded profession. Terra firma is lovely. There's no reason to go in the air as a botanist. It goes, it's very nice. So I got a few years ago my dream job here in Alaska, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to be a botanist on a field team. I cannot wait. So I came up here, and I get to the office, and the first thing they say to me is, Rachel, we need to do some research on helicopter rotor time and rental fees. And um, No problem. Okay, so this is for the air quality team, right? No, this is for the wetland team. You. Yeah. I I thought for just a brief moment oh my god I didn't tell them about my fear of flying I'm about to lose my dream job what the heck am I gonna do and so I did the research and later they come back a few weeks later and they say great work on that report so we're gonna need you to do some stats now stats okay no problem I love stats I'm a scientist I can do stats yeah it's gonna be on helicopter crash statistics and on fixed-wing crash statistics oh focus on mortality rates I mean, seriously, (laughs) you're really not making this easy for me. I couldn't believe it. So I I went ahead, did the research. It was very interesting. Uh, Okay, I I got it done. But in the end, I was like, I can't let this fear conquer me. I mean, I I can do this. So I decided to not tell them and continue on with the process. And eventually, the day came, it was time to get on the helicopter. And I'm approaching this little tin can. (laughs) It's very small. But... Hey, the pilot's there. I can see him. He's awake. This is good. So I get on the flight, and they let me in the front because it's my first time in a helicopter. And all of a sudden, the rotors start going, and the helicopter's kind of bouncing a bit, right? And then it lifts off, but it was smooth. It just lifted off the ground, and it wasn't scary at all. I mean, I could still look at the pilot. He's still there. This is good. And It ended up not being as scary as I thought. And pretty soon I was just fascinated by the fact that I'm flying over remote Alaska in areas that people maybe have never been to or never walked. And I'm seeing all of this from this tiny little machine that is somehow staying afloat. And it really wasn't that scary. In the end, I mean, it became so pedestrian to fly to these different locations that I was reading the newspaper sometimes in the helicopter. And you look out and go, oh, moose, bear... Eh, You know, it wasn't a big deal anymore. I wasn't scared. I was so proud of myself. I mean, I I hadn't actually conquered my fear of flying. To actually get through the flying Back in the day, I had to do hypnotherapy. That's what finally got me to the point that I wasn't a crying, sobbing mess all the time. But I hadn't—I didn't let it rule me, right? You know, I'm not actually controlled by my fear. And here I am out in the wilderness in Alaska in helicopters, and I'm so cool. So fast forward to like two years later, and my work says, you know, hey, you know, we like what you're doing. We're going to have you do a research project or an outreach project. And it's going to be in the North Slope, okay? Remote village, sound good? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm good with flying. I can do it. No problem. Tiny plane? Sure. Okay. So we get out to Barrow, and we get in this tiny plane, and they say, does anyone want to sit with the pilot? Yeah, yeah, I want to sit with the pilot. I want to sit up there in the front. There's like six seats. Yeah, best leg room. Duh. So I'm up there with the pilot, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a real tiny plane. I don't know about this one. So we take off. And it's in the wintertime, and it was smooth as could be. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, this isn't that scary. I can do this tiny plane. I got this. And I'm looking out. Snow's covering the whole North Slope. It's incredible. And I'm thinking, I have done this. I have gotten my fear under control. I can do this. I am the most badass botanist in this entire town. I am amazing. And I'm looking out in the landscape, and I want to share this moment. So I look to the pilot to look at him and say, yeah, I've done it he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs>